Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I'm looking asked to do a whole Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I cuff you, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads, so we'll start with the games on uh, television. We have an action-packed uh, show today. We have Brian McAvoy, the chairman and CEO of the Ulster Council coming up on the show and Tom Parsons um, from the GPA. They had a press conference uh, this morning so we're going to talk to him about that. First up is club action this weekend. TG Cahar have gone full hurling snobs, uh, Niall, which will make you very, very happy, great, man. great to see. We have two matches. Now, I don't want to blame TG Cahar because like, I see huge Kerry football semi-finals, Ken Mayer Dingle, Austin Stacks Temple. No, I see a big game, Dungannon Clarks and Dramore in Tyrone. But sometimes these counties don't want them going on TV. They want people to go to it. You know, they want some revenue from it. So I don't want to criticise TG Cahar. Maybe, you know, the, t- the only two options available to them were the two hurling ones. So the first one is O'Donovan Rossa versus Dunloy. Dunloy going for three in a row. O'Donovan Rossa haven't won it since 2004. Yeah, like it's, um, I, can, I can see where TG Cahar are coming from going back to Antrim. I was watching the last year's county final on it. Um, it was Dunloy against Lockheel and it was a very good game up yeah. in Valley Castle that day. This one's in Corrigan Park now, but um, you'd have to fancy Dunloy, I suppose, are going for three in a row and they're a very young team. Um, they probably have the two best forwards in Antrim in um, Keelan Malloy and Connell Cunning on the team. So, like, you know, you'd, you'd fancy those lads to, to do the business. But O'Donovan Rossa had a brilliant win last weekend against um, Neil McManus's Cushion Doll. They were three down in injury time, Wooly, and managed to win that game, like, which... I know they haven't been in a final for 17 years, but they've been knocking on the door and a team coming in with that sort of momentum, you know, you'd have to give them a chance. Yeah, O'Donovan Ross is a famous club too. Like, I mean, I don't know many hurling uh, clubs in Antrim, but O'Donovan Ross is definitely one that immediately you know. It's a good name, isn't it? Yeah, it is a good name. <laughs> Other one, uh, Niall, I'll stick with you, is the on TV this is, is St. Finbar's versus Black Rock. Black Rock could be out of this. This is a final group game, 
but BlackRock have won one and lost one so they could be out uh, the holding champions one of my favourite players who never gets a start for Cork Alan Connolly obviously plays for BlackRock definitely well it's a huge game I suppose for the traditionalists Wally like BlackRock and St Finbar's two big Cork City clubs and two of the most successful clubs in Cork as well um, like both teams I suppose it's a it's a big pressure sort of a group clash and um, Aaron's owner gone through in that group that's a terribly difficult group in, it in is yeah and Charleville who had come up from intermediate um, a year or two before as well like they're not a bad side either but um, this this should be a good game as well I mean St Finbar's they have the three Catalan brothers the three of them Connor, Damien and the younger brother Jack who was brilliant for the Cork under 20s like and they, they're, they're unbeaten so far they drew one and won the other and while Blackrock they didn't have a good start, but they bounced back then. Um, the Valen Connolly, as you said, they're the defending champions, so they'll be eager to stay keep alive in this court championship. Yeah, we want to see that St. Patrick's Day parade march up the town from the Rockies. Uh, They'll be allowed to do it this year. They might be allowed to do it this year. They could go crazy altogether. Yeah. Uh, in football, uh, Lee and Tyrone, Dungannon, I mentioned them, uh, county champions playing Dromore. Um, like that's a big one. A straight knockout in Tyrone, of course. Yeah, straight knockout. Uh, Dremore got a good win last weekend over um, Arbo. Just won by two points. It was interesting. Um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of... I could be wrong, but I don't think you're going to see a lot of uh, football from Tyrone on TG4 because they've got a system. It's Tyrone GA live TV sort of thing. So they're yeah. covering every single game in clubs. So it's it's good. Like you pay like nine quid and you get two games in, in like a bundle sort of situation. But but it is good. Like, I mean, at, at the weekend, I was I had the pick of them to choose. I went for Arbo Dremore in the end. Um, uh, they're going up against the Clarks. The Clarks are defending their title. You'll see the likes of Paul Donaghy against Niall Sludden. It'll be interesting to see how Paul Donaghy does because I've heard since he came back to the club, he's been in firing form. Um, he sort of had a mixed season with his first time playing county this year. You know, obviously he won an All Ireland, but I'm sure he'd be maybe disappointed that he was given a, a starting chance all most of the league in the first championship game against Cavan. And then he couldn't hold on to it, so he maybe didn't get playing the role that he that he thought he would play. Yeah, some of my best years with Portlaoise were years I was coming off a bad season with the county. They're not starting or being injured, and you you really have a point to prove when you come back in with the county or in with the club, and you're mad for it because you haven't been you haven't been getting enough football, and you're flying fit. So, like, I mean, it's a great way to get the confidence back. Uh, Paul Donahue. He did well in fairness to fight back because he wasn't being looked at at all, and then he fought back into contention to get coming on in the All Ireland final. Uh, Lee. Yeah. Um, well, you'll be hearing all these stories now about the, the AVB games that were going on in Tyrone and just how competitive it was to be in that panel of 26. So I think he, he made every 26, which obviously testament to what he was doing in training. And then he must have put in a really big shift in the weeks coming up to the final because people like Ronan O'Neill and um, uh, Richie Donnelly, you know, who'd been involved most of the season, you know, they, they didn't even make the, the final 26, but... Yeah. He, he made it and he came on um, and, you know, he did okay. Like, I mean, to say that he played in all Ireland final, you know, that didn't look likely in the weeks leading up to it. So fair play to him. You know, he's, he's obviously still got a future with Jerome and I'd say he's absolutely chomping at the bit to come at this club championship. Yeah, exactly. This weekend as well, the, like I mentioned, the Kerry semi-finals, Ken Mayer versus Dingle and Austin Stacks versus Temple No. Um, two huge games there. Big game, uh, Niall, in Kilkenny. We're at finally to knockout stages in Kilkenny. They've been arsing around with uh, the league there for a good while. You're not really sure there's a league final Final, and that's actually part of the championship. It's nearly like the Kerry Championship. You have to sit down and think about what they're doing down there. I do I'd say you, you nearly need two or three hours to really get your head around the one in Kilkenny, Wooly. But um, yeah, the four, they finally got to the quarterfinals, and it's the four quarterfinals this weekend. Um, three decent games, but definitely the headline game is Ballyhale against Bennett's Bridge. Like Bennett's Bridge, 
Um, I suppose it's a funny one. They were a junior club only seven years ago, Bully, and then back from 2014 to 2016, they went completely unbeaten in Club Hurling, won the All Ar- Kilkenny Junior all the way to winning the All Ireland Intermediate two years later. Like, and like they were they were a very young team back then. Maybe like the the young players like Celine Blanchfield, Sean Morrissey, Enda Morrissey, Jason Clear. They're probably in their prime now. And they've a management team, a bit of a star-studded management team in William Maher. You heard his name mentioned going for the Tipperary job yeah. and Dan Shanahan's alongside him. Like Bennett's Bridge beat Ballyhale earlier on in the Kilkenny in the in the league stage of the championship. But it was still a big sort of a scalp for them to take. Like they yeah. played Ballyhale in the county championship final only two years ago as well. So... Um, like they they'll fancy themselves going into this one. Like Ballyhale got four goals in the last ten minutes, coming from they were eleven points down at one stage against um, Bennett's Bridge in that game. But um, you know Ballyhale, they always seem to come good when the championship well, comes that's around. It. That's what I was going to say. You've a ch- good chance of beating Ballyhale in round one or round mm-hmm. two of the wasn't Tullerone drew with them there a couple of years ago as well in a great game on TG Cahar exactly. and. Uh, yeah, but when it comes to the championship, Ballyhale are different. Comes to the knockout stages. Exactly. Um, no surprises in Limerick this weekend. Piercing Patrick's well, doing Kilmallock. Will we ever get a four? Or, or have a look into it? But it seems to me like this is always um, those four. The big one there is obviously the Piercing versus Patrick's well. You have an array of future all stars going to be on the on the current all stars and all stars going to be this year. Um, an interesting one was Aaron Galan's brother Jason <coughs> I was watching TG Cahar last Monday night and I was interested in this because I'd read that he'd score four in a row and they made a great comeback against the Dare Declan Hans. so I was watching it and he's a kind of a heavy set fella but he's fairly he has it in the wrists anyway yeah like he's just watching him he's very similar to his brother Aaron like he's the white helmet I think he's the orange grip of the hurl as well and a very similar style I was just watching the highlights as well and like I suppose the one thing you'd nearly notice about Aaron Galan is it just seems so effortless to him how he strikes the ball like he can tap it over it doesn't matter how far he is it just seems like it's a little flick of the wrist but seeing the brother at the weekend he was the exact same took four points in a row and they were just like it seemed like the whole team was just looking for him and he wanted the ball and banged straight over the bar so he's definitely a man that Piercy will, will want to be watching uh, this weekend Yeah definitely and in true hurling form he's just popping up completely unmarked all over the field and scoring four in a row which I just can't <laughs> comprehend at that stage um, of game The Hurling All-Stars uh, nominations and Player of the Year have been announced today so like I mean uh, Lim- uh, 15 Limerick players have been nominated um, I'll stay with you for a minute on this one the record is nine All-Stars surely Limerick are going to blow this wide open like I mean seriously <coughs> you can make a very strong case for all 15 getting All-Stars and you would make a strong strong case you're looking at maybe Conor Prunty Jamie Barron uh, Tony Kelly fighting in there we could be looking at 12 here yeah, like and that's not giving one the cork. But do you have to push somebody in, or do you just give it? To, do you say here, yeah. we've t- sorry, lads, we've twelve Limerick lads this year. You could make the case for Limerick getting fifteen, but I'm going to make the case for a few other lads getting in. I'd say I'd probably give it to Owen Murphy. He, he's probably it's probably touch and go between himself and Nicky Quaid in the goals. Hard to know who'll get that one, but yeah, as you said, Jamie Barron, Tony Kelly. You'd, you'd have to think they'll get one too. You're going for Conor Pronty. That'll be tight with Dan Morrissey too. But yeah. like as you said, it is. It is. You're nearly. Like when you're thinking about the All Stars, you're nearly thinking, "How are we going to squeeze squeeze this? How are we going to give in? this team one?" Mm, so it's 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 a difficult one now. Um, I suppose there, there surely will be one or two from Cork. I suppose their best chances are Tim O'Mahony and Patrick Horgan. But Tim O'Mahony up against Dermot Burns, um, you know, it could <laughs> it could easily go go Limerick's way. Like, and they could nearly have the whole backline then at that stage. Well, that, well, that's it. Like, I mean, you're you're talking 15 nominated. You'd imagine Tyrone might be in around six or seven, Lee, which is normal for All Ireland champions. But I suppose when you're as dominant as Limerick, it's hard to look past their their players. 
Yeah, that's it. Um, the the football one will be a lot more uh, split down the middle. I'd have a few more than seven, though, coming from the the Tyrone uh, side <laughs> of things. But uh, I'll argue that when it comes up uh, closer <laughs> yeah. to the time. I I thought like I can't really. I mean, I wouldn't pretend to know as much about Harlan at all. But uh, I just from watching it, uh, maybe it's just because I have so much respect for him. Just seeing Patrick Horgan leading the line and um, stepping up to the plate, and you know him personally never letting the side down. So I I thought in my head he would be a shoe. And so it's interesting to see that. He wasn't actually one of the first names that came to your head, which is more because of what I don't know rather than what uh, the common consensus is. But that, I find that interesting. Yeah, no, he's definitely in the mix. And if Tim O'Mahony doesn't get one, Patrick Horgan probably will get one because we have to acknowledge Cork making the final. But like, I mean, you, I don't know. Like, I mean, if it was me, no Cork player probably would get on it. You're almost just forcing them in. Anyways, um, the Kilkenny hurlers of 83, 2000, 2008 have won nine All-Stars. The Kerry footballers in 1981 Dublin 1977 and 2020, even with Dublin's, you know, dominance. Now, there's a lot more teams in the football championship, but even mm. with Dublin's dominance, they've never done more than nine. I guarantee Limerick will beat that um, this year. And there's no <laughs> point in talking about player of the year. Keane Lynch has that wrapped up. Shouldn't have, Probably shouldn't have got it in 2018, I don't think. Um, but, like, I mean, that's a done deal now. Yeah, like Tom Marcy was probably, I think he scored something like 22 points that year in 2018. And like that was probably the year he he should have got it, but um, I don't think there's any argument against Keane Lynch this year. Like he was just he was scoring points from play, making all the assists, doing everything that he does, and like he's just a clear front runner for hurler of the year. Yeah, um, this year he definitely is. Uh, congratulations, to Paddy Purcell um, from Leash for getting the nomination. That's a great um, a great achievement from from him. Leash didn't have a brilliant year, but the battle back well after the the Wexford result. A weird one in in Mead here, Lee Andy. Mac- Andy McEntee, I text Andy McEntee a week ago when he, it was like Andy McEntee is going to be ratified for another three years or something. And I sent him a text for a chat on the show and he was away in Portugal and I congratulated him on the three years and he said, thanks, thanks very much. And this is very unusual. Now the executive, so like the executive is the top board, you know, the top kind of the top table pretty much in the county board, the treasurer, the PRO, the chairman, the vice chairman, treasure, all those Um so he was, they voted against him continuing, which is an awful kick in the arse to Andy McEntee. And now it goes to the clubs. But his position is, is untenable really now, Lee, is it? Like, I mean, when the executive of the county board doesn't want him to continue. Yeah, I mean, the county job's already hard enough, but when the, the board openly and publicly aren't backing you, I think the, the vote was eight to seven. So yeah. I suppose there's a split there, but I mean, it's still the majority that you can't ignore that fact. And it's going to be a nervy wait now to see what the clubs think. Um, a sort of similar thing happened to Paddy Talley with Down this year. I think my understanding of it was that the Down clubs actually voted him in or to stay, but he didn't believe that it was like a strong enough persuasion or, you know, right. one side or the other that, that he could actually go forward with the job and, and do what he needs to do. He obviously felt like he needs that back. And, and I think managers do need that back and, and they need to have, they need to know that there's confidence in them so they can go and make their decisions because otherwise, I mean, it's just unnecessary pressure if he was to continue going forward, knowing that like, you know, one mistake, one slip up and, and you're getting the axe because they don't even want you there anyway. Yeah. And Andy McEntee, like, I mean, he always looks like he's the weight of the world on his shoulders. He looks like he's going to burst whoever's interviewing him. Like, you I mean, you want to be very careful. Just the look on his face. Like, I, Andy McEntee, I would say, won't continue after this. Even if the clubs vote him in, the executive can still vote him out. I think Andy McEntee will be the type of person out here say, look, you know, that's, you know, that's me out the door. I'm not hanging around for that. 
Yeah, well, I've never interviewed him before. Maybe, maybe better off. With the, he's with a friendly sort of. I like mm. him, but it's the look in his face. Yeah, you know, the steely determination in his eyes the yeah, whole time. Yeah. But um, no, you, I'd say he's he's probably bullying after that. Like hearing that the executive are going against him. Um, it's just it's a I suppose a vote of no confidence in a manager, and yeah. he can't be too pleased with that. No, definitely not. Uh, on a brighter note, Andy Moran has been confirmed. I was just confirmed just before we came on the show as the new Leitrim manager. Like a, a weird one. We don't know the structure of the championship next year, but we know that Tipperary and Cavan are in Division Four, so Leitrim ain't getting out of Division Four, you know. And if it's the old system, which fingers crossed it won't be, Andy Moran's only chance of winning the match is in Connacht, and he has to pray he draws Sligo in that because it's the only winnable game you know that's not an attractive job this year now alternatively if it's the proposal B he'll get seven championship matches he'll have his provincial league and he'll probably have the Talton Cup because he probably won't come first or second in in Division 4 so he'll go into the Talton Cup and they could get a run to the semi-final final of Talton Cup like this is how much better the plan B is to what we what we currently got look at Andy Moore and, and Leitrim's potential year under the system we have and then look at their potential year under plan B. Don't say I'm obsessed yeah, here, Lee. I mean, like, <laughs> I won't, I won't, I definitely <laughs> won't. Um, I'd say he might be obsessed now, though. I mean, because that's uh, that's going to be a nervy wait to see. Like, he's got this job now, and, I'm, and you know, and I'm sure county managers, as soon as they get the job, they want to get their teeth sunk in and plan ahead. And they can't even do that at the minute because you don't know what way the structure is going to go. Uh, the fact that we don't even really have an inkling, I mean, I still think it's going to be sort of ripped beneath their feet. And maybe I'm just a pessimist or you've made me a pessimist at least. But um, Andy, like, he must be praying surely for, for this this uh, plan B. Um, just because he knows he's guaranteed a run of games. Uh, it's like you say, if he gets an easy or uh, a favourable draw in the championship or in the provincial uh, championship first, then you know, all the better. He'll get more games under his belt. And there's just going to be something to play for. You know, it's not a matter of take a hammer and then you're out and then facing the media and saying that, like, oh, he had no time and, you know, all the rest of it. Uh, I mean, I, I think, and he won't be the only one. Like, I mean, uh, there'll be lots of new managers coming in and just, even the ones who you're currently in, you know, I'd say they're all just waiting agonizingly at this stage. I, I thought I was maybe uh, being held on a thread as a fan, but, like, as a manager, I bet they're just, they just want this clarified so they can start their planning and their preparation because it'll change pre-season. It'll change everything. You know, there's so much that will go into this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a nervy wage for Andy. That's it. And it's any Division 4, Division 3 team basically have a year, groundhog year, probably two matches for a lot of them in the championship versus guaranteed seven and a B championship to fight for. And if you win the B championship, you'll get promoted. Do you know what I mean? There's no yeah. comparison for these teams, is there? Yeah, like as Lee said there, like Andy Moran is definitely not the only manager in that that's that's hoping for this plan B, like, yeah. and it kind of just underlines how much of a shoe in it should be. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, Paddy Talley has been confirmed <laughs> to Kerry Lee. Like, I mean, we talked about this already, so we won't go into it too much. Kevin McKernan has been singing his praises. He said his preparation for training and match days was second to none. He studies the game very well in terms of analysis and statistics. We should have turned Mayo over. That was in the qualifiers in Newry because of the in-depth analysis Paddy did and gave us a game plan that we could compete with them. I know he enjoys the challenge of dissecting teams and coming up with a plan to suit um, and that will be Kerry's great gain like I mean I've probably sold Paddy Talley a little bit short like he's a student of the game he's a big thinker of the game he's going down to Kerry the idea that he'll go down to Kerry and try and implement tactics that he used maybe with Galway which were the kind of defensive tactics Kevin Walsh wanted at the time and that's why they brought him in I think he's a good enough football brain to adapt to Kerry and to help them out defensively without destroying you know the, what Kerry are good at and we have to remember 
that he was in charge, he was a coach with Down in 2010 and they played fantastic traditional football and could have won the All-Ireland and beat Kerry in a quarter final, um, only lost the final to Cork. So, I, you know, maybe I, I was kind of, I, I was such a shock, you know, I was kind of like, you know, what, you know, we don't want Paddy Talley going down messing with Kerry like that. But that, I'd, I'd say now, the more I've stopped and thought about it, that won't happen. No, I don't think so either. And like, you suppose you got to look at like, I mean, are they in the strongest county? About probably not. Um, and then same with Galway. Like you say, they wanted a defensive sort of manager. But so this time, working with Kerry, it'll be the first time where he's got players with a, such a high caliber that maybe he doesn't need to resort to that. He's not trying to plug holes, as it were. And then if you look at his recent um, or his track record, sorry, when he was with Down in 2010, and he had players of really high caliber like marty clark and stuff you know the football that they did play because he, you know he had the players to try and implement that yeah i i think one of the because i have been thinking about it I, I think a really good thing the way they may be bringing them on as well because these a and b games come up so much now you hear like they're legendary in dublin the a and b games before the big games and now they're coming out a lot about how ferocious they were in Tyrone and stuff so Kerry, they've been guilty of getting blindsided by especially like ulster teams and things um imagine you have patty tally and you're in your ranks and the knowledge he has of, of Ulster football in particular or and that sort of defensive shape when you're coming up against teams who could be seen to play a little bit negative let him take the B team yeah. let him set it out like a Throne or a Donegal and then you know you're not going to be blindsided on the day because no one will know Ulster football quite as well as he does Yeah that's a very good point and like I'm starting to think it's a good uh Kind of appointment now because I don't think he sh- I don't think he should be just putting him as the defensive coach. There's an offensive side of defensive football when it comes to a stalemate, and Kerry ain't very good at it because they're such a good kicking team that when they get to that kind of thirteen on thirteen and a half of the field, you know sometimes they run into blind alleys. You know Stephen O'Brien they don't look fully comfortable with it, and maybe Paddy Talley can help them with that kind of running side of their game that Kerry don't always seem comfortable with now. Yeah, like Kerry have been caught out to one one time too many one or two times too many for them in these sort of um, defensive stalemate games, as Lee mentioned. And I suppose us, the Ulster counties and the Ulster coaches, they might, they'd be, I suppose, they'd be given the credit for having the greater knowledge of that sort of side of the game. So um, I suppose Kerry are trying to get his expertise and see what he can do with them. Poor man has an awful commute though. Jesus, lads, it's nearly the length of the country. Like, is he off his head, honestly? Seriously, how, like, Mick, like, like, I mean, when, you, when you're looking at the situation where Mick O'Dwyer came up to Leash, we'd Paddy O'Shea come up to Westmead, we'd Mick O go up to, up to Wicklow, we've Kieran Donaghy going to Armagh, but he only, he works in Dublin some days and he uses Dublin as his base to Armagh, so that's not a commute. We've never seen a commute like this in the history of Gaelic that's Games. It, that's it, Darren Gleeson from Tipperary oh, heading shit, all the way up to yeah. Antrim now. That's probably... R- runs them close now. I'd yeah, but say. up to that, up, like th- that road is great. Like yeah. I mean, when you get up, uh, when you get up to Dublin, straight up to to Belfast is an hour and a half. Mm, I still wouldn't fancy the, the long fancy. trip two or three times a week. Now <laughs> no. you might be getting a sponsored car anyway, wouldn't you? Davy from Clare yeah. over to Wexford was mm. a pretty pretty uh, long one too. I think yeah. that was a six hour round trip. These lads are all crazy. Yeah, Dinny Cahill was another one. He's from around my neck of the woods. He was up with the Antrim hurlers as well. Like and it's. Just shows, I suppose, the, the love for the game pulls a lot of lads in. Well, that's it. I think I'd have a nervous breakdown with my slight road rage issues um, on the road. I just don't think I could handle it. The less I'm in the car, um, the better. Like, I mean, the 42 have done good work. Like, we talked last week about um, the dressing rooms reopening. And the 42 have got a, a statement off the GEA. And they've said it's, it is likely... 
Uh, this is likely to be reviewed after the next announcement relating to COVID restrictions. That was the statement. Our primary consideration with this issue has been the safety and well-being of our players, their families and the wider community. Still going on with that, I was shite. You know, that, that, if you plug that into March, April, May last year, you'd mm. say, God, you know, that's, the, you know, that's the, the right thing. They're not looking after the health and safety and well-being of their players. Absolutely not. The mm. opposite is what they're doing. The, the 90% have been double vaccinated in the country, so don't have to worry about the well-being of their community, nor it is their job to start looking after the well-being of the families and the wider community. Do you ever hear such nonsense? Who do these people think they are? So they're not going to change it. They're not going to open the dress rooms until it's likely to be reviewed. They're only going to review it um, when the restrictions are completely lifted on October 22nd. Massively frustrating. Absolutely frustrating that, you know, they wouldn't just open them. Like, I mean, it, it defies all logic. Yeah, like I think we've talked about this um, many times at this stage, nearly getting crossed yeah, yeah. every every single every single Monday on the show. But like, it's it's I suppose the maddest thing about it all is like as you said back maybe last April, last March, this kind of thing was acceptable. You know, going on about protecting people's health. Yes, yeah, we're we're keeping the dressing rooms clear. But like, when everyone's vaccinated now, the weather that's going on these days, like it's it's actually just. It's crazy yeah. that, that they're not using the dressing rooms. There's no safety and well-being of players. And the well-being of the players' families and wider community is none of the GA's business. No. So they need to get down off the stage now and open up the dressing rooms. Uh, one club, um, I think this is in, in Tyrone, is it? Um, Lee, it's uh, yeah. Fintona, Clocker, Aero. Fintona, last Thursday night, Fintona, Clocker, Aero. Play- oh, that's all the one bloody club. Fintona Clocker yeah. Rogue, right? I thought Fintona were playing. Cl- it's probably amalgamation in my defence, is it? I, do, I actually don't. I just we call them Clocker. Okay, and playing Kalishal, is that right? Is that and, the they, game you're and they're not. They're not a relation of Killy Clocker, are they? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> right, okay. So like, I, 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 I need to, to stop talking here. Uh, <laughs> they played Kilishil, and. They were fairly resourceful about this. They played them in the intermediate championship and they hired a 52-seater bus because there's no shelter. The weather forecast was desperate. So they brought the 52-seater bus. They togged out on it before the game. They went into the bus at halftime. Obviously, you know, when the conditions are so bad and wet, your jersey's dragging you down. Often a fresh jersey is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for you. You're light, you know, you're warm going back out. You might change your socks. All those things that you can do in a dressing room that you can't be doing outside in the rain. And they hired a bus. God, it must have been a club member to own the bus because the state of that bus by by the time uh, that was over. But it, it's a good idea, I suppose, um, Lee. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're having to get inventive. Um, I, I think it's sort of like the fact that they're waiting on uh, October 22nd to see what the government are going to say. That sort of feeds into what I was saying last week is that they're just afraid of getting in trouble in terms of reputation. Um, I think that's their main priority. So they're waiting to see, well, let's just in case things get harsher. And then we were seen to open the changing rooms and then we could be thrown under the bus. That That's what they're afraid of. It's not about uh, player safety, I don't think. And then if you look at what they're actually forcing and the players to do like being on a bus together in a closed environment that's like in the eyes of like covid safety or whatever that's probably less than a big open changing room if that had just opened it um but they're forcing these teams to make these decisions um but it is clever yeah play, they were playing uh Kalishal, as I, I was laughing at the way you pronounced that one well. <laughs> oh, uh, um, that's yeah that's uh that's actually my girlfriend's club so i definitely i needed to get it right um <laughs> no Kalishal, but uh, and it was a really exciting game too, you know, and it, it was, it's Clahar got up or won by a point, I think. So in the end, you know, that could have been the difference, just a little bit of comfort, a little bit of, um, 
uh, been able to debrief in, in, in a sort of warm environment and, and focused purely on the game and not worrying about the weather and things just for a couple of minutes at least. You know, it, it can make all the difference, but uh, it could go under the radar anyway because that's October 22nd and then October 23rd is when they're doing the whole league proposal or championship proposal thing. So, you know, we, we have a, a big week that week. Yeah, it makes a joke of the whole thing that the team can go onto a bus, which is probably more claustrophobic than the dress rooms while the dress rooms are still closed. Anyways, listen, boys, we can't keep going on about this. Right, we're going to come, up, come back and we'll talk to Brian McAvoy. So, as we know on the show here, Plan B has been getting a lot of support, not least by me. Um, and the GPA have announced today that 80% of their members are planning to back um, Plan B as well. I'm a little bit worried at how Congress delegates are going to vote and GA administrators. And what better man to get on to explain why GA administrators and delegates might be a little bit against this or nervous. It's Ulster Director and CEO Brian McAvoy. Um, Brian, how's it going? Good, Colin. Good, good, good. I suppose that the good news for all those who are supporters of Plan B, I don't have a vote. <laughs> you don't have a so vote. There's one, there's, one, there's one less to worry about. Thank God. Thank God. Come here. You, you, you have described Plan B. You're more in favour of Plan A. I'm just going to focus on Plan B because I think that's the one that has the most support. You've said this is the worst motion you've ever seen come across uh, Congress. Now, you're on the wind up saying that, Brian, are you? Ah, yeah. Well, look, I'll be, I'll be honest. I mean, I don't think uh, there are very many redeeming factors that I can see in relation to the motion. Um, it does... Um, it totally decimates the provincial championships as we've known them for the last 130 odd years. Uh, it basically turns them into pre-season competitions without any link to the All-Ireland Series. It dilutes your uh, Alliance League. It basically takes the championship, which is the prime asset of the GA, uh, and it amalgamates it with the league, which is another main asset of the association. So you're basically, if you look at it in the business sense, you're putting two of your main um, you know, two two of your main assets have been amalgamated into one. Yeah. So it's a merger, and we've always known with mergers, um, what what mergers usually mean is uh, it usually leads to redundancies and restructuring. <laughs> now that's probably not the greatest analogy, but just from the very at the very outside top level, you see it all is going to cause problems. I think I think and the, then just, there's the sorry, third element. Go on, sorry. The cash element. We'll talk about that later. The, just to, I take your point on the Ulster Championship. There is a worry that the Ulster Championship will lose its prestige and we'll get onto that um, in a little while. But I'll have to pull you up on the league being devalued because the league now becomes the Sam Maguire Cup. So I would say the league becomes a much better competition. It becomes the championship. And like, I can't accept that you think the league is, be- is, is becoming less. The league is being elevated to the Sam Maguire like, I mean, I, I, I do accept your, your worry about the, the, the provincials and it's, it's more of an Ulster worry than Leinster, Munster or Connacht. But I can't, ac- yeah. I can't accept that we're devaluing the leagues. The leagues are becoming this incredible uh, Sam Maguire Cup. Hmm. Well, that's one way of looking at it, but there's no evidence that I can see that backs that up. And I, I'll take you to a number of points. Firstly, there is almost an expectation that you will have, you know, um, and in fairness to the task force, when they were doing this, the, the, the leagues and championships have been run over the summer. Now they've been running over late spring, you know, April, uh, early May, when the weather's not as good. So that's, unfortunately, that's a consequence of the split, split season that uh, wasn't about when they were doing this research. So I'll give them that. Um, but people think that suddenly uh, crowds will come flocking to all seven league games because they're championships. There's no evidence to back that up. 
and I think there will be there will be many, there will be a lot of dead rubbers. If that was the case, and it, maybe it's not a direct comparison, but if that is the case, why come knockout club championship games get much bigger attendance in the league-based club uh, games? The answer is the lack of a knockout, and they've been tried in counties for years, and I don't know one county which can say to me, hand and heart. We get bigger attendances at our league just, championship type games. Just to pull you up, the just to pull you up on that, Brian, because the the Munster Championship, which is as prestigious as the Ulster football one, the Munster hurling one, that has turned into yeah. a league. So those games are not knockout anymore. It's now a Munster league, and the popularity of those games blew through the, through the roof. So, like, I mean, you, you can't know, you can't discredit you know, something you, know you haven't seen. Go on. And do you know why, Colin? Because the link to the All Ireland series has been maintained. Yeah. If well, the Munster Championship was to be played as a as a as a, as a backdoor, sorry, as a as a preseason competition, you wouldn't be getting anywhere near the yeah. same figures. But we don't. We the don't key know. in we all of this is the provincial championships must be linked to the All Ireland series under proposal, be they or not. Yeah, but you know the link. So that's so, so the comparison with the Munster Hurling Championship is not a fair one. You you it's know not a level playing field. You, the Munster sorry. Championship is linked to the All Ireland series, as is the Leinster Hurling Championship. You you know the link between the Ulster Championship and the All-Ireland was broken when the qualifiers started. You know, like, I mean, now Tyrone can win the All-Ireland without winning an Ulster. So there was obviously that worry back then that, look, you Tyrone lose the first round against Down in 2008. Were they, were they upset? Mm-hmm. Not that upset. We still can win the All-Ireland. And they won it. So that link, that really direct link was broken a long time ago and the Ulster Championship didn't suffer for it. It's still prestigious. Uh-huh. Counties still want to win it. And why can't that be the case now? I think the, well, if you had been talking to Mickey Hart on the night that uh, Down beat uh, Tyrone and Yuri in the replay, <laughs> don't tell me he wasn't upset. Um, you get my point, the though. The bottom line is, the bottom line is, the, the, and, and, and the stats prove it, your better chance of coming from All-Ireland success is coming through the front door. Of course there will be teams like Tyrone have won two of the four All-Irelands, uh, but coming through the qualifier route. That, that, that is a route, but the, 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 the best route and the most economical route is to get through by winning your provincial title. Yeah. Uh, the back door gives you a second opportunity. What I'm going to say is with this league-based, uh, you know, once a team loses a number of games at the outset, suddenly they're thinking, well, hold on a minute. Uh, if, if I'm in, say, in Division 2, and I lose my three or four, first three or four games, <laughs> in, in, inside my head, I'm saying, right, I'm not going to get a knockout championship game this year. Uh, I might, yeah. I then have to make a choice. Do I really give my all to, to, to survive the drop to Division 3? And I probably will, but subconsciously at the back of my mind, in a normal season, if I'm relegated, I still know I have the challenge to look forward yeah. to. But under, it, proposal but it, B, yeah. under proposal B, um, eight of the top 16 teams in the country do not get to play a knockout challenge game. Yeah, I suppose if, if, a team, if a team in the current structure if they lose their first two games in the championship, they've no, they've, they're completely out of it. So, like, I mean, you're comparing But they've already had seven league games. Yeah, but they'll have seven league games in championship now. You know, like, I mean, the league, yeah. the league was a lesser, a lesser competition. I tell you what we'll do here, Brian. I'm, go, I'm after writing out a few advantages I see to Plan B. And yeah, since yeah, you yeah, think it, you I'm, think it's terrible, we'll we'll have a look. So the structure that will happen now will be provincial league instead of the national league, and then we have a league-based championship versus the provincial qualifier championship. So they're the two comparisons here, right? So now what's going to happen under plan B is a county will have will be guaranteed seven championship games versus two. 
Our ch- seven championship games not better than two, guaranteed. Well, you see. <laughs> No, let's stick. Let's compare like with let's, let's compare like with like seven championship games versus two guaranteed. What which well, which is better you, there? You you call them you call them seven championship games. I call them almost a mix between league and championship. But that's unfair They're though. Guaranteed. That's unfair. It is fair. It is fair. I can turn it back to you and say, under your proposal, they were guaranteed seven league games. Now they're guaranteed none. They're, they're guaranteed seven championship games. Is seven championship games not better than seven league games? I'm not so sure. Uh, I'm Brian. not so sure. Because, Brian. no, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest because, and we've seen with the Super 8s, um, even in three rounds, you had dead rubbers. And you will have a lot more dead rubbers under seven championship games uh, in, in the league format. Much more. Yeah. In three years of the Super 8s. Well, sorry, we had, yeah, sorry, it's sorry, not, sorry, in, sorry not, I think this is an important point. But it's a very important point. Because you talk about, you know, uh, you really need the knockout element to make the championship a success. Seven league games doesn't do it for me. And I'll show you the three, the, th- the two years of the, uh, the Super 8s. In the eight games that took places on the final day, there were two winner-takes-all games. Donegal Tyrone in Ballybuffet in year one and Donegal Mayo in Castle Bar in year two. They were the only two out of eight games on, and this is in a three-series league, how much worse will it be on a, on a, on a seven series league? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose when you there'll be when, dead rubbers from no. there'll be dead rubbers from rounds four, five, certainly from rounds five, six, and seven. When, when you look when, when you look at Division One, five teams qualify. You have a situation where two teams are relegated. So all every team is in with a chance of either being promoted or relegated. In Division Two, you have three going up, one straight through, and the next two playing the champions in three and four, and then you have relegation to worry about. In Super 8s, you don't have relegation. At the bottom, it's a dead rubber. And now you have a trapdoor that you go down a division. So I, don't, like, I, I do accept there could be a few dead rubbers at the end. That's normal. But like, I mean, the idea that there's going to be loads. will set out to, to, to lose a game, but you've got to look what the subconscious is. And you could well have a scenario. In fact, I've, I've talked to one or two players and they, they didn't rule it out. <laughs> you could have a scenario where I'm already relegated. Uh, or, you know, I'm already relegated uh, from Division 1 before the last game or two. Where's your focus? What are you doing? You're, 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 well, you still set out to win the game, no doubt, but you've nothing to play for. Your season's over. And you could, by the fact, and it's just the luck of the draw as to who's playing who and what round, you could get another team, could leapfrog a team in fifth place, the team in sixth or something, could leapfrog them, purely on the basis that the team that were playing was a dead rubber. You know, that yeah. is no way to run a jump. No, I'll be honest. And that's <laughs> fair enough. No and, and that's fair enough. But that would be that could be two games and, at the and, end. And, the other and point you still have five championship games that meant something. Um it might mean something in division one. I don't think it means much in some of the other lower divisions. Okay. I'll and give remember, you another I'll give you this, another one. This four, this remember remember this is you know, you you're talking four divisions of teams, you know? So it's very easy to focus on division one because five of the eight go through. <laughs> I look at it from a different way. That uh, the eight of the top 16 teams in the country do not get to play in a knockout championship match. And I think any proposal that comes with that uh, is flawed and deeply flawed. I'll give you another advantage that I see. Every county plays the exact same number of games before the knockout stages. So this is a big bugbear of people up in Ulster, and I'm sure you had it as well, where an Ulster team has to come through four very difficult championship games, whereas Kerry or Mayo 
beat a Tipperary, no disrespect, or beat a, a Sligo and are in a, in a provincial final and they can make an all-earned quarterfinal after two games. So there's a massive disadvantage of being in the Ulster Championship than being in Munster and being in, in, in Connacht. And a lot of people in Ulster use this as a stick to beat Kerry's All-Ireland wins. Oh, sure, look, you're in an All-Ireland semi-final or an All-Ireland quarter-final every year handy. This corrects that. This makes sure nobody enters the All-Ireland quarter-final without having played the exact, or coming through the exact same route. Is that not an advantage to it, Brian? Well, it didn't do Kerry much good this year, did it? Well, come on now, answer it. That's, that's unfair. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an fact. advantage. It's an advantage. It's a much big, better system that every team has an equal route into the knockout stages. Is that yeah, fair? But look, look, in, 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 in all walks of life, nothing is, is perfect and nothing is fair. And but, we have, have a system of provincial championships that have served as well over 130 years. And yes, there are anomalies. In, to win an Ulster title, you have to win three or maybe four if you're of a preliminary round game. And in all the provinces, you mightn't have to win as many. But ultimately, look, ultimately, the cream still comes to the top. The best team wins the All-Ireland no matter what format you use. And if one person thinks that changing this format is going to bring about a Division 4 or Division 3 team to win an All-Ireland... Forget it. It's no, but, happen. no, but the, the, the cream comes to the top. Yeah. No, I, I realise that. But now I have well, to say, Brian, if you if you don't if you don't if you go on if you don't concede if you don't concede some very obvious advantages, then you know, like I mean, you're just rubbishing everything. Like I mean, it's a very obvious advantage that every team plays the same game to get to the knockout stages. But you're saying that's not, and it's hard to take you as seriously as I should because you have some valid points when you're completely rubbishing every single point. I'll, I'll give you another one. It removes hammerings for the championship. It removes Sligo getting... No, it the, well, it does. OK, go, go ahead. It, it remo- well, it removes the Sligo-Mayo hammering. It removes yeah, the okay. Clare-Kerry hammering. It removes the Mayo-Leitrim um, hammering. It removes the Down-Donegal hammering. It has the teams at their own divisions playing each other. And surely that's an advantage. It, it doesn't remove the Westmeath Leach hammering. <laughs> well, no, no that. I'm a, I'm a, well, they, they, those things <laughs> no, happen between well, no, the two. Point trying, the point I'm trying to make is, no matter what system you devise, teams will get a hammering. But every team in their division has to have an opportunity, at least, to aspire to playing at a higher level. And if I'm in Division Three and haven't got out of it, I'm in Division Four. I will never get to play a team in a higher division. There were seven games in this year's championship. Well, you you win if you win it. There were seven games in this year's championship where a team won by 15 points or more. The only two games where there was more than one division between those teams was the two Mio games, the Mio Sligo and the Mio Leitrim games. You know, Kerry beat Cork by 22 points. A but few they're, they're earlier, different Cork divisions. They're different divisions. The one, there's only one division. Yeah, but there, so they won't be, they won't be playing. The they, but they won't be playing each other though. They'll only be playing the and teams in their own divisions. There's another very valid reason. You've just actually landed something. Imagine whatever you think about the provincial championships, but imagine to say a Corkman, you'll never get the opportunity to play against Kerry in the provincial in the all in a championship game. Well, they will sort, if they will the, if they top division two if they call it. Unless you get out of Division Two or finish in the top three, yeah, and they'd be strong. They would be they'd be strong favourites to do that. Yeah, they'd be strong. They'd be very strong favourites to to do that. So Cork would have a great chance in a knockout 
uh, stages to play Kerry because there's the a very good chance Cork would be in the top three a very good chance Cork would beat the champions out of three or four and they would be in those knockout Cork, stages Cork were you may well say there's a good chance but they were in a relegation fight in, in 2021 yeah no but there would be a good chance of like I mean most, most years a good chance of any team in division two getting out of it it's a competitive division yeah like okay, I'll give you some of the disadvantages there. Like you're not you're not conceding on any of my advantages. You're really dug in here, uh, Brian. There's no I, way I, I can I, change. I want, I want to actually point out another thing about the provincial championships, or maybe you know of the advantages of the provincial championships. And they're not perfect, uh, and they certainly do do need some sort of restructuring. But I think you need to maintain the link to the All Ireland series. But I was actually doing a bit of homework last night. You know, um, let's just go back a generation. You, you can always look at something in the now. Uh, and, you know, for years, Cavan dominated the Ulster Championship. Um, Kerry dominated the Munster Championship. Now Dublin were dominating the, 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 the uh, All-Ireland, you know, were dominating the Leinster. And, and in fairness, they went on and won six in a row. So they are the greatest team ever, uh, probably to take a Gaelic field. So in fairness to them. And this was proposals came about possibly on, on, on the back of Dublin's success. But let's go back a generation. Let's take a, a slightly helicopter view. Over the last 30 years... Do you know how many counties of the 31 Kilkenny obviously don't play in, in the Leinster Championship? Do we know how many of the 31 counties have won a provincial title over the last 30 years? I was shocked when I saw the figure. Would you have a guess? Uh, a guess? 18. 22. Right. 22. Over 70% of counties have won a provincial title in the last 30 years. Yeah. Fantastic. No, but, we're, but we're not getting rid of them. We're not getting rid of, we're not getting rid of them, Brian. But the, point, but the point I'm trying to make, we can always look at the now. And yes, there have been some hammerings and some things. But maybe it's not broken as much as some people are saying it is. Yeah, but I suppose... If you, yeah, but I, 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 just look, I just look at the length... I, 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 I would... I, I would you know, <laughs> I, I thought it was an alarming statistic. Yeah, you know, but like, you're going uh, back 30 years here, Brian. I, I only need to go back... All five in Connacht, six in Leinster and four in Munster. Yeah, I need to go back only to when I was playing, Brian, and Kildare won it in 98, Mead 99, uh, I think Kildare again 2000, then Dublin, Leash, Westmead. And it was a fantastic yeah. provincial championship. Those days are gone, Brian. Like, that's 20 years ago. Well, we have to accept yeah, that. But no, but look, the only, cha- the only provincial championship now which is in a good shape is the Ulster Championship. And you're the ones that has the argument. I will accept, right? I would argue that the Connacht Championship is not in a bad shape. Ah. Uh, we saw last year Tipperary winning. There's only, it's a three-team championship. Champ- Connacht's a three-team championship. Yeah. It's boring. Like, I mean, it's mm. a three-team. And if one, you might get what you'll get one semi-final and one final. Two matches. That's all you get. Like, it's, it's a dead duck. The Ulster Championship is the only championship worth watching now. And let's be honest, Tyrone Donegal have been dominating that for a good while as well, if we're being honest about it. There's some closer games. Like, it's the best of a bad bunch. It's, it's, and I think, I have to say, Derry coming up, you know, Monaghan, Armagh, it will, be, it will get better. The one thing, Brian, we have to say this. Nobody's trying to get rid of the Ulster Championship. Nobody. The Ulster Championship stays. But, and but, no, but but can, I, can I just finish the, can I still, can I fini- just yeah, finish the question? Yeah, yeah. If the Ulster Championship is a special, prestigious, the tradition, all those things that you say, and you're right, why do you think it'll just become nothing? It won't. Like, why do you think that? There's only two cups all year a team can win now. An Ulster Championship, a provincial championship and an All-Ireland. You've only got about three or four teams can win the All-Ireland. You think the teams in Ulster will just rubbish the Ulster Championship? It's the only, it, it, it's a pre-season competition. Well, it's, it's not. The, uh, 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 it is. It, January, only, Feb, January I, I, is your I'm pre-season. A team, I'm a team manager, I'm a team manager now 
Okay, I can use the league to look at a number of players, and people can talk about challenge games and everything else. If the league championship become one, the only chance I get to experiment and look with them is in this revamped Ulster Championship. Yeah. In the, maybe in the early, maybe in the early rounds, but in the in the in the knockout rounds, you will have proper championship Ulster championship. Is it not worth looking at, Brian? Like, like, and if that no, happens, no, look, look, I, I know. I mean, I've known from the experience, and people may say it's maybe not a fair comparison. The Ulster hurling championship, the day and hour the Ulster hurling championship was divorced from the All Ireland series was the day it died. If we put the Ulster championship out to a competition in February and March in the worst of weather with no progression to anywhere else, it becomes a total backwater competition. And don't kid yourself. Don't fool yourself by thinking people are going to flock to it and it's going to be a great competition. It's going to be an unmitigated disaster. But you think the National League as it stands now is a very good competition and that's played in the same... That's, that, that has no link to the All-Ireland and that's played in the same time of the year. But every province has had their pre-season before the National League. Their pre-season now becomes the Provincial Championships. No, I don't agree that there, 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 there's 81 games. That's a fact. There's, there's, no, but listen to me. There's 81 provincial championship games under the new proposal. It's like it's a round robin. You've loads of games. By the time it gets to knockout, you'll be at your pre-All-Ireland Championship team and the Ulster final, Ulster semi-finals will be huge occasions. I will accept maybe the first round robin game. There, there might be an element of trying out. But when it comes to the, the semi-finals and final, like that's like a league semi-final and final. They're huge games, you know? Like, I mean, that's... No, the, they're not. They're not. They're, they're not be... I can guarantee you. Um, we, we would get, on average, whatever, the, the income from the Ulster Championship, and maybe that's the way I'll put it in figures, uh, in 2019, the last year before COVID, was 1.5 million. Uh, the income from the McKenna Cup was 165,000. Right. A revamped Ulster Championship played at that time of the year with no link to the All-Ireland series. If we got past 400,000, I would be surprised. But here, Brian, but here, here's the thing, I right? Think come anywhere close to it. Here's the thing, right? So I, I, I was looking at some of the numbers on this, right? So 1.5 mm-hmm. million was what, you know, in 2019 was the, was the revenue, right? So yep. under the current Ulster Championship, you have eight games. Under the revamped Ulster Championship, the round robin, you have 19 games. So do you know how much attendances you need at each game of those 19 games? You need to be averaging 388 people at those games, only averaging. Now, the Ulster final, Ulster semi-final, let me finish. They would be much, much higher than that if it was a Donegal Tyrone, if it was a Monaghan Armagh, much higher than that. You only need to average 3,888 at 20 euro ahead to get your 1.5 million because the amount of games has increased. We will not come anywhere close to that. Under this system, you won't average 3,900 3, people at these matches. The only, the only, I mean, you're basically comparing it with the McKenna Cup. No, I'm telling you, this provincial championship uh, as a standalone competition will be an unmitigated disaster. You don't think that you'd be able to average, you don't think you'd be able to average 3,000, say, call it 3,900. You don't think you could average 3,900 spectators when you bear in mind. When Tyrone and Armagh were big rivals in the noughties, you were, they were getting 20,000 at a Dr. McKenna Cup game. Mm, like, I mean, mm. you're telling me that an Ulster championship with Ulster fans, the most passionate, arguably the most passionate in the country, won't have seen inter-county action since the previous July. And they'll go through the club season, they'll go through the January, and now we have the Ulster championship. And you don't think that people won't, you won't be able to get more than 3,900 on average at those, those 19 games. And, and that's Come only on for now, Ulster. Brian. And I don't, think, I, I don't think we'll get it. And... 
put that argument across to the other three provinces, they certainly won't get it. Well, I think they're more in favour than, than Ulster because obviously their provinces aren't, aren't as strong as Ulster. So it's more of a, an Ulster oh, I, thing. I mean, to come to back, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, and maybe it's an unfair one. The last time the um, Ulster final, when it was linked to the All-Ireland series, uh, I think it was Down in Antrim played in the final. There were, there were 5,000 at the game. The last time Down in Antrim played in an Ulster Hurling final, there were 300 at the game. Yeah, but now listen, Brian. In all fairness, Ulster hurling versus Ulster football is not a very, you 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 called a comparison I made earlier not a fair comparison. The Munster hurling league versus mm. the Ulster football league. Don't tell me the Ulster hurling championship versus the Ulster football mm. championship is a fair comparison. It's not. It's a laughable no, it's, comparison. It's not. No, I'm not. I'm not saying it is. But it's the only one where we have some evidence. Everything else of this is conjecture. You think yeah. you might get this, you think you might get that. There's not one bit of market research or one bit of evidence to back that up. Two, two uh, more, the two. only competition that I can give some evidence to is the Ulster Hurling Championship. Were you pro... On a smaller scale. Were you or are you pro the split season before you saw it? Um, I think the split season has a lot of advantages. But, but before, uh, you, saw, before you saw it, Brian, were you for it or against it? I was, um, I did, I, 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 it's like everything else until you saw how it worked. Exactly. Um, you know, you didn't really know, but. There you go. It had a lot more in, but it had a lot more in favour of it than this proposal B has. I'm getting but around you, you, Brian. Before, you, knew, you knew before the split season happened, it had a, it had a fair chance of succeeding. I have seen nothing that tells me that this has any chance of succeeding. Before, proposal before the qualifiers came in, which gave which meant the provincials were no longer knockout to the All-Ireland series. Were you pro or against the qualifiers coming in? Oh, I was for the qualifiers because the provincials uh, still give you the link to the All-Ireland series, which is very, okay. very vital in this. And okay. this is the key element. It did give you a second chance if you were beaten, and I have no issue with that whatsoever. Okay. But the key element was the link to the All-Ireland series was maintained. And as I pointed out earlier, uh, you know, a lot more All Ireland since since two thousand and one, when the qualifiers came in, have been won by teams that won the provincial championship than teams that haven't. Last point on this, Brian, is there is going to be a financial windfall from this Plan B if it is maintained, and I'll tell you why. Because the league, the championship in two thousand and nineteen, which is the super, the last super eights we had, there was sixty six championship games. The the two ta- or the cha- championship Plan B. There's going to be 121 games plus 14 Telton Cups, 135 games. There's going to be a financial windfall in central funding after this, uh, cha- if this championship goes through. Have you contacted Croke Park and asked what's, what kind of funding, what kind of uh, split the Ulster Council could possibly get out of this, out of this windfall? Well, l- let's look at the, at the facts. First of all, there's a lot of supposition there. There is no guarantee of any financial windfall and I would argue there will be actually less money. Oh, it's, impossi- it's impossible. Because You're looking at 135 championship games versus 66. And that's in the summer. That's yeah, when the but, supporters but come out and watch. But you, you, you are treating every league championship game as if it's going to be a championship game. But sure then, Brian, 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 no, let me, let, me, let me pull you up on that. Because out of the 66 mm-hmm. championship game, a load of them are dead early round qualifiers. They have nobody at them. 
So mm. you, you can't rubbish a league a league based championship match, but but say the sixty six that are already there, which involve round one, round two, round three of the qualifiers that nobody really bothers too much with. So like mm. I mean, you 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 can't rubbish one and and talk up the other. There has to be. It's the fact, it's, it's the, logical the that there be more money from this. There has to be more money. It's one hundred and thirty five championship column, matches versus sixty six. It's um it's double. Column, the fact the fact the facts show that the championship attendances only really happen when you get to knockout stage. And uh, okay, I take your point about the first round of the qualifiers. And there was 39, in fact it was 40 if you counted the All-Ireland final replay. But there were 39 qualifier games. Uh, sorry, 39 knockout yeah, games. Yeah, most of them are qualif- Most of them are low profile yeah. qualifiers, which wouldn't yeah. have many people Basically, you, you are reducing that to nine. Yeah, you, but- you're cutting that to nine. That's what you're reducing it to. So there is not, I have seen no evidence other than people like yourself coming out with saying, thinking that all these championship games, I would estimate, um, and it's not on any bit, it's just on, on some rough calculations, that we would have to quadruple the attendances at every Alliance League game from what it would have, every league championship game would have to be four, three to four times what it has been for a pure league game for us to get to the position where we were in 2019. But you're comparing league to championship. No, you're, you're comparing a February a February league game to a July league game. A league a, a, you're comparing a February-March in the shit and the rain league game, that's, a, that's as you say, a warm-up competition, to a league-based championship. You would get four times the amount, easily. Well, well, the league, no, the league is not a warm-up competition. The provincial championships become the warm-up competition. But sure, if the provincial uh, championships are warm-up, then the league is a warm-up. They're at the same time of the year. You were assuming that, say, for example, uh, I'll give you two Ulster teams, or, or, and then I'll give you a, a comparison. You, you were assuming that, say, Armagh, where I'm in at the minute here in the opposite Armagh, Armagh played Tyrone in the first round of the uh, Alliance League 2019. Um, you get a crowd of about five, 6,000 at it. Armagh played Tyrone in the first round of the League Championship. Do you expect it would be a crowd of 18,000, 19,000? Absolutely. I don't. Absolutely. I am absolutely certain that will not be the case. A home game for Arma. A home game for Arma. Arma play, Arma play Kerry. Arma play Kerry uh, in the first round of the Allianz League. Um, 5,000 Arma supporters, 100 Kerry supporters. <laughs> yeah. You really ex- expect four, 5,000 Kerry supporters to be coming up to Arma for a league game? No. No, I don't. But I, I, I expect Armagh to, I expect Armagh to fill the that, stadium with the Kieran Donaghy no, kind of connection. Armagh would absolutely fill that stadium and a home what, game. What, 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 what market research have you or anyone else done to back up that? But sure, I suppose what market research can you do when we've never done this before? Like, I mean, it's not something you said. We, 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 <laughs> but, we never did but, a split season before and then you get a look at the split season and you like it. Is this not worth giving a chance? When so, is a, well, Brian, Brian, but when but so many but, players want it, would you not, like, at least give it a chance? Do you not think the players deserve no. a, cha- a better championship and they want this championship? They want more games. They want more games in the summer. They want more meaningful championships. I think we can revamp the provincial championships which will allow players not only to play at teams in their own, uh, in their own division, uh, but play against teams in a higher division. I think we can do that uh, without basically putting it in. Because we think the provincial championships are, are, um, are you know, have lost a bit of credibility, and they have, but rather than trying to fix them within, you've just decided to put a bomb on them and blow the whole thing up. Can, can I give take you... whatever collateral damage you have, come up with this harebrained idea of a league championship all in one. Final, final and, one. You know, final one. What conversations have we had with Crow Park? I am not aware of any figures 
that have been juiced by Crow Park or anyone else, maybe they exist to back up the claims that there will be much more money in the coffers from this. Can I give you an and example? I tell you one thing. Can I give you an I example? I tell you one thing. And I tell you one thing. On. If any county, unless we have that, there is no point in passing this motion and then a county run into Crow Park, as some commentators were saying, to see what sort of a deal can you get. By that stage, your cards have already been dealt. And I can tell you, to every county, you're not holding poker aces. Here's, here's, your, here's an example for you. Tyrone, Dublin. Super 8 game in Oma. Dublin are already qualified as a dead rubber. They played Dear McConnelly. They played another couple of, uh, they played another couple of players. Full. Stadium packed. It and it was full. I was at, I was at the game. I was, I was at the game, Brian. I was at the game too. It was full the previous year. It was a when they met Numa. It wasn't. It wasn't full the second year. No, the, uh, it wasn't. <laughs> there is only, there, as I said, there has only been two. And, and, and I can give you the counter argument. How many was at the it? Same evening. In the same evening, I think it was about twelve thousand. Right. Um, but it was full. It was full the first year. The second year, uh, I can give you the same night that uh, Dublin played Tyrone in Omar. It might have been the following day. Uh, Cork played Roscommon in Cork and I don't know how many was at it but uh, you're a long way short of the thousands you're going to need for this thing to work Yeah, no, I think that was I think you're right there was about 5,000 maybe at that Roscommon it ended up being a great game actually that Cork uh, It was a great Cork, game it Fantastic was, but, but the point I make in the two years of the qualifiers there was only two head-to-head games where the winner took all in the last round and that was the two games involving Donegal yeah. against Tyrone. How, how, how do you think this is going to go? GPA have come out strongly behind it. Croke Park haven't come out behind it, Brian. Obviously, I'm dying for it to go through. You're dying for it not to go of through. You put, on, put on your analyst hat, who's, who's probably been around Congress a good few times. How do you see it going, whether what way you want to go or not? I just think it's such a, a seismic change with so many unknowns. Um, and you know, people will. Uh, you know, I, I think that the counties will certainly need to see more more detail on the finances. And I'm surprised. You know, like I mean, we've we've known this motion for months. Yeah. And why has nothing come out? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why. I don't know if the research has been done. Some people say it is, but where is it? Yeah. You know? I think Croke Park could be more proactive in in allaying fears. They could definitely be doing more. Product Duffy sold yeah, the super rates really even, well. Even, 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 but even at this late stage column, it, it, you almost think it's almost an afterthought now that suddenly this issue has been raised, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, this should have been part of the debate. Yeah. Will it go through or not? Um, it has to get 60%. Uh, and the problem is that, and someone, people were talking about trials and all sort of thing, and pilots, this is not a pilot. This is a permanent change. A three-year tri- trial, I think, I think, think is it? No, no. This is a full-time change. This right. is not a three-year trial. This is a this, this is in perpetuity, and it's going to take sixty percent to reverse it back again. Then, if it does go through, I just think there are too many unknowns for such a seismic change uh, to be taken on a vote. Uh, you, you know, where, where there's still too many unknowns. And I respect the GPA and I respect the players' views. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's hard to call. It's hard to call. But um, I. I certainly, I think proposal A certainly. I don't think it will be true. <laughs> um, proposal B, I'd be surprised if it goes through, but you don't know. Yeah, you it's close know. enough. Well, if it goes through, you'll buy me a pint, and if it doesn't go through, I'll buy you a pint. Will we leave it at that? I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll buy you a pint. Either, I'll buy you a pint either way. Paul. Thanks very much, Brian. Appreciate you taking the time for us. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye.
Okay, so fresh from the GPA press conference in the Crown Plaza, or maybe not so fresh, depending on how long it went on, uh, we have GPA CEO Tom Parsons. How's it going, Tom? Very good. How are you keeping? How's not, your morning? Not too bad. Not too bad. The last time I was talking to you, I was trying to headhunt you as a pundit on the GEA hour. You've kind of come up in the world. I'm sure you agonised. CEO of the GPA or pundit on the G- GEA hour? I know less time with you is the only negative to the job, uh, Willie. But at the moment, we're, we, we might see more of each other the next couple of weeks. We might, hopefully, because we're on the same side here, Tom, definitely. Like, I suppose, talk us through the press conference and what you want to... You, you came in behind the plan B, am I right? Yeah, like, like Willie, we've, we, we've we put a lot of work in, thousands of hours probably over two years, getting the voice of players from that they want change and then what's the f- foundations of change that you want and what's the pillars of change. So... We've 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 um, we've surveyed our players. Eighty percent of our players have come back and said they want proposal B. We've we've individually rang every single rep and county cap or county captain uh, the last week. Um, we got their opinions, and, and that's coming back at ninety percent for proposal B. Uh, we've asked those guys to lobby locally. We've held one-to-one sessions, workshops. We've we've had a workshop with county managers and. You know, I've talked to hundreds of people who know Gaelic football um, and we just have a, a really strong proposal uh, in front of us. So the 23rd of October is really important because this is for the future of Gaelic football. So today was uh, expressing the voice of players, expressing all the consultations that we had and expressing the why. Why are we very strong? What's what's the principles behind this proposal and what will it do and help um, uh, when it comes to players and teams and the future of Gaelic football? I think I was talking on the show before the Brian McAvoy um, interview and um, Andy Moran obviously announced as new Leitrim manager and I was comparing his next year under the Super 8 proposal versus the new one, the Plan B. And you know, Cavan and Tipperary are in Division 4. He's not getting out of that. Like, let's be honest. If you're, be, I'll be an analyst here and I'll just tell you, you don't have to agree with me or not. He, he's not getting out of that. That's his league over, not promoted. Then he has to ho- hope he draws Sligo to have a, winning, uh, a winnable match in Connacht and then he'll have a qualifier game. Versus this year, he has a provincial round robin. He has seven championship games in Division 4. And if he doesn't get, if Cavan and Tipperary get the top two, he has a Talton Cup, which he could easily get to a semi-final or a final in, you know, based on, on Leitrim being, getting into Division 3 a couple of years ago. Like, just when you see Andy Moran's example of what year he could have next year or what year he, you know, if it stays the same, he'll have, it kind of brings it home, doesn't it? Yeah, and it does. And, like, the Talton Cup is a big consideration, uh, Woolly, and, like, it only works if there's incentive. So if the Leitrim players, let's use that example, um, they don't win Division 4, and they say, you know what, a B competition isn't for us. Andy and the and, and the captain, Paddy Maguire, will be said, no, hold on a second. Yes, it is, because we're going to win Talton Cup and we're going to get promoted to Vision 3 and we'll develop and we'll progress. So it's linked to promotion. You know, I was making the comparison earlier, Willie, that we won a club county uh, title in 2009, right, senior. We got relegated two years later. We played an intermediate and we celebrated that intermediate when we won that county title just as much yeah. because it's linked to promotion and we're getting back to the top tier so that's the incentive for this competition to work and it's um, you know it's, it's really important and that's only one of the reasons there's, there's numerous reasons yeah like I mean you, you said you've been doing a lot of work in the background like are the players the county captain or the GPRF are they directly ringing county delegates county chairman could they sit in on these meetings I, I rang around a few different Leinster counties they hadn't met about it yet they were broadly in favour of plan B but they hadn't met you know that could change yeah. yeah yeah no all reps and captains if they haven't they've had 
either informal calls initially and then they've requested for for meetings especially if the delegates are saying no we're totally against it then the players are saying well can we actually present our reason why uh, we we want to table this you know so yeah. education really is so important and it's actually quite a complex structure if you're if you're only reading it on paper, right? And there's no videos circulating of well, what is this proposal be? I want to see the moving parts. And if anyone's listening, right, we've just actually released a four minute video that really explains what we're dealing with here. So just go on Twitter or social media and you'll be able to go in and see it. Uh, and I needed to understand the proposal before I got it. I, I watched that video two or three times and then I got it. So the main thing here is that our county executive and people who be voting on this, A, are really, really well educated on the reasons why. Why am I voting for or against something? And this is a very significant vote. It's for the future of Gaelic football, and it deserves debate. It deserves solid foundations. And that's what we have with the GPA. You know, we've, well, we've looked at it. And using Leitrim, for example, my conversation with their captain, Paddy Maguire, we played Sigerson football together, Woolly, and very on par. And he said, Tom, you went on and every year you're playing seven or eight championship games. I played two. I'd have to play for Leitrim for 35 years before I'd get the same amount of championship caps as you, right? Yeah. Like games develop, games develop teams, develop players. So imagine at the start of every year, you know as a player, I have seven championship games in the middle of summer. And our team are going to grow and develop and adapt. And if we win, we have a chance to play for Sam McGuire. If we lose, there's still another competition. You know, like it's just for, for the development of teams and the development of our games across the country. Um, it, it, it's so strong. And also, you know, another key principle is, uh, is the word fairness. What does fairness mean? Is that, you know, every time I go out to play a game, I'm not sure am I going to win or lose that game. You know, like these are teams playing against teams at their same level. So it's going to end those brutal mismatches that we've seen in the height of summer. And and, and teams will grow and get develop, develop and get better. And then if they win, yeah, you're playing a Division 2 team or you're playing a Division 1 team and you've built up that momentum. And so look, there's there's so many solid, solid foundations for this structure. And, uh, you know, talking to players as well, Willie, like a lot of players are very excited. You know, I'm really excited of the prospect of this this being passed and next summer's football is is it, it, I, I'm going to get seven championship games. Yeah, you know? it's fantastic. And I saw some people saying, oh, the Division 4 and Division 3 champions will be hammered in the preliminary. And I was looking at that. Like, based off last year's league standings, you've got Loud and Antrim would be playing Kildare, Clare or Mead. Like, there's no hammering going to be happening there. And you've got Derry or Offaly playing Kildare, Clare or Mead. So, like, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't accept that they're going to be hammerings, um, e- you know, either. No. I've, I've, seen, I've seen it being said. One thing that, that worries me, uh, Tom, is the players are all behind this because of the obvious, obvious advantages to their season. More meaningful championship games. Every team plays the same amount of games. There's none of this, oh, you have an advantage because you're from Munster and we have to play more provincial games and all this. It evens everything up. It makes it fair. They're all winnable games for every county. We know all the advantages. The concern I have is Congress delegates don't worry about playing advantages. They want to know what are the administerial advantages, i.e., what are we, what's going to filter down from us? And that's a worry I have. We don't see enough 
of allaying county board fears with the finances of this. Because I know when Parik Duffy got the super rates over the line, he called to every county board. He told them, I had him on the show. He promised the money from the super rates. If that's your worry, we'll give, you know, this will filter down to you. He did the politics side of it, which is just as important. So I'm a little bit worried about Croke Parker so silent on it. I'm just wondering, what are, are you concerned about that? Or have you had dealings with them? Or will we see these financial... Will there be a financial windfall? And when is that going to be communicated, I suppose, to the to the county boards? Yeah, and it's good. No, it's, it's, it's a great point, Willie. And yeah, what are we, our concern is, you know, our, our fundamentals of competitive balance and change and fairness and uncertainty of outcome and, you know, and, 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 and well-being of players and split, split seasons, right? So have we went and done a deep dive into all the finances um, and, and, and what this looks like in comparison? No, right? But like I'm just putting on my hat. I'm a chartered engineer by trade, right? And I just want people listening. Just write down these numbers, right? The existing Super Eights is 66 games in the spring or summer, compared to this Championship League is 135 games. Yeah. So that's the double amount of games on the hard ground in the summer months. Um, championship football competing against teams. So like I'm not a mathematician, you know. Like I'm not. I haven't done ran the numbers, but like I don't, I don't think you know if you're if you're anybody, run the numbers, and I think yeah. Well, like, unless, I, I, unless, you're, I, I, unless yeah. you're not investing in the marketing of the competition, then and then you know overall for the whole season, there's a fifteen percent more games. So you know, like I, I, I don't know, and and also Willie, like in Mayo, I'm just putting on my Mayo hat. I know that a big source of revenue is is selling your season tickets at the start of the season. And we have a lot of people buying those tickets because they know there's a good possibility Mayo will be in, we'll get five or six championship games. So do you know what? This is value for money, right? Yeah. At the start of the year. Now for other teams, now they know that, well, hold on a second, I'm guaranteeing you as a supporter, you're going to get seven championship games in the middle of the summer and you're going to have knockout competitions either in Sam Maguire or Talton Cup and people there's excitement so how valuable is the season ticket now yeah so you know there's there's a lot of let's run the numbers let's debate it I, I wouldn't mind debating it and questioning why it wouldn't be of financial benefit because I'm just looking at the numbers at a high level I'm looking at more competitive games and you know I haven't done I've done one spot check I've done one spot check um Woolly right and the spot check was I think I was looking at the Leinster Football Championship receipts of 2005, I think there were four, 4.8 million. And in 2019, there were 2.1 million. So I don't think you'd have to do much of a deep dive to know that um, as the gap increases in margin, uh, so does the audience. And uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll have to do some work um, behind the scenes to make that abundantly clear. But you know, just write down the numbers and uh, and to me, like I don't know, maybe maybe Wooly, Wooly, there's a riddle behind this that I can't understand. But to <laughs> I, me, I just I think yeah, I just had this argument with Brian McAvoy, uh, Tom. So we're going to one three five championship summer matches now versus the sixty six. And he said to me, well, out of 135 matches, you know, some of the, they'll be just league games, championship games. And I said, out of the 66, they're round one, two, three, four of low profile qualifier games. So, like, I mean, you know, you can't say what you can't say a league championship is going to be, you know, badly attended. But around a qualifier, you know, a first round qualifier game is going to fill the, you know, it's not like, I mean, you, you look at, at two division one teams in a in a championship match, Monaghan versus Armagh. 
Like, I mean, I don't think you need to be a genius to say that at a home game, Monaghan or Matter, going to be 10,000 at that match minimum. Yeah, no, uh, no, 100%. Do you know, like, quantity of games, competitive games against teams in your own division, all fighting for something. Um, you know, like, I just I just don't get it. And even the provincial, I know there's some, there's a devalue the provincial championships, but talk to Nile Morgan and Mickey Quinn, and everybody still wants to go out and win their provincial championship. And by the way, part, Combine that with a split season. So the last time a supporter will, will see their team play yeah. is July. So you're building up months and months and winter months. And the next time you get to see your team play, who've been playing in a summer of competitive football and has either been competing for Sam Maguire or Talton Cup, but there's progress, is next February. Yeah. They're going to have this grow to go out and see, well, what does the team look like this year? Has it developed from playing seven championship games last year? And we're playing a, a Mayo in, in, in the first game. They might have developed because they played so many games last year. But there's going to be exciting uh, uh, for the provincial games. And listen to this. The provincial games go, because it's round robin, go from 27 games to 81 games. Yeah, huge win. Any kind of marketing and, and, and incentive. Um, and look, all I can guarantee you is that players will want to win their their, their province, the provincial competitions. They will. So there's, there's going to be competitive yeah. games. There's only two cups to win: a provincial cup and an and a Sam Maguire cup. And we know you've got Sam Maguire four or five teams. So you know what are you going to do? Just rubbish another cup that you can win in a year when there's not you know there's only two um, realistic and obviously the the Talton Cup. Have you have you spoken to Larry Murphy or Tom Ryan? Or, or are they going to come out? You know, backing. So yeah. when when we talk about this windfall, like I, I I agree with you, and it's very difficult to do the financial side of it because they are only projections, they're predictions. Like you I mean, you, you you can't have any sort of guaranteed revenue because we haven't seen it before. But if like if there's double the amount of championship games in the summer, like you're saying, you don't need to be a genius to know that they surely they have to earn more. It, it has to earn more money, and if it earns more money. More money's filtering down and everybody's happy. And it's like, not only is it brilliant on the playing side, it's brilliant financially. You know, I, I would just like to see more from Crow Park. I don't think you answered the question. Have you been in contact with them or how are they, how, what are they feeling about? I can't get them on the show here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I have. And very early, you know, we submitted our proposal to the GA strategic review. And one of those key pillars is competitive balance and driving uncertainty of outcome and explaining that, games develop teams and so we put a lot of work into that and i've had those conversations with larry um, and tom and i just hope that you know the reason why i i was believing in this position very strongly two weeks ago willie and you would you'd ask me would you come on but i i had more work to do to speak to more players to speak to more managers to host one-to-one workshops and um, so i i hope and i assume the guys are engaging with different stakeholders here in all points, but before the 23rd, they'll come out with their opinion because it's a strong opinion and leadership um, in our Gaelic family needs to come out and express express their thoughts on it. So we have a number of weeks between now and then. Um, one of our key objectives is make sure that the players' voices is heard um, and thanks for helping facilitate that. And, and today, you know, with the press conference, um, the media has been really good and cha- asking challenging questions like, Asking us about why why does games develop teams like what's you know does it you know asking us well what do you mean by fairness um and that's what it needs you know we need and, and we need the Gaelic family here right we need the Gaelic family to maybe look at the video look at the football structures you know we all invest a lot of time going to games following our for following our counties your county's success often ripples down into the success of clubs 
you know so we need to go on a, an education journey and everybody i believe who's um who's interested in gaelic games needs to have an opinion on this um and and look we still two weeks from um central council opinions can change um look you need to have your reason and your why when you're voting on something um, is this coming from the right place? Have I all the information? Have I wrote it down from finance to developing my team to fairness to change? And I can make an, a, a, a position hand on heart and I'll stand over that. Yeah. If that happens, I think, I do think, I do believe, this is my personal uh, belief, I do believe that this will, pro- proposal will pass. And our delegates, our county executive, um, our administrators, our GEA people, they want our games to thrive and develop, you know. So we have a number of weeks to go and I just hope this debate and this education journey continues. Um, I think the, the season tickets is a great point that would allay the fears of county boards that can make a lot of money on those seven guaranteed championship games. One thing uh, before I let you go, Tom, is the GPA don't have a great record at Congress. Like, I mean, you opposed the Super 8s, didn't really, you know, go anywhere. The GPA had a proposal, didn't even, you know, get to vote on it at another. It seems like the GPA are kind of dismissed at Congress. Like, do you get that feeling like that there's a disconnect between the GPA and the delegates? No, like we kind of forget, like the GPA isn't an, an, an elusive association for the players, yeah. for the players. So every time a delegate uh, had, a, had a phone call last week or an Aidan O'Shea or Jason Doherty was talking to our executive in Mayo, it's, that's the GPA. Like, and it mightn't be, like some players might ring their executive and say, do you know what? I've talked to a few players and, and, and they're for pr- proposal A. It's not it's not many, if, if, if any, right? But some might say that. But that's that's the players. Like the GPA is isn't me uh, leading it. It's it's a national executive committee, right? Which is voted in by the players, which consists of the likes of Podge Collins and Niall Morgan and Mickey Quinn and Michael Murphy and they're representative of our, of our players. That's a male side. And we represent both male and female players. So, and Maria Kinsler was there today and she was sharing her perspective on, on how ladies football and how Mead has, has went through intermediate and now senior and actually won, um, you know, won the all Ireland and, and top of Dublin because they developed through games. Yeah. Meaningful games, you know, so we need to learn from different competitions and, but we're all in, in, interlinked. Like clubs have a big opinion here as well. But like, we are, this is, yeah, this but is, we are, we are. Is, but at con- at Congress, I would see delegates one side. What's the GPA thing? Oh, you know those whippersnap. You know there there would be that. There probably yeah. is that attitude there. How do you fix that attitude? Do you go on the road? Do you, you everything you're saying is right. You are players. You're not just county players. You're club players. You're immersed in it. Like, but you represent yeah. inter-county players. There shouldn't be that disconnect, but there is, and it doesn't help in a Congress setting where I was actually, yeah. when I saw the GPA rolling in behind Plan B, I was happy. And then I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, you know, like they don't, what the GPA wants at Congress doesn't always go down too well. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, I think the bigger picture here is like, it's leadership, it's doing the right thing. You know, it's not, I, I no way would a delegate decide to go against this because it's the GPA's opinion. You know, they're GEA people. They'll they'll analyze it. They'll sit down with their executive. They'll listen to players, um, and as long as the decision is made for the right reasons, you know, and like we need to have debate. Like it, it's good that uh, other people are coming out and saying, no, do you know what? The status quo is better for these reasons. And then let's challenge that. Let's let's explore that. And that's it deserves that attention. You know, it deserves this debate. And you know, at Congress again, we'll speak live in the day and we'll encourage the voice of players. 
But don't look at the GPA as this separate identity. We are a part of the Gaelic family. We represent male and female players. Um, that's all we are. I'm a player. Do you know, I'm I'm, I'm a GEA man. Um, so like that narrative maybe needs to change a little bit. Like we have a lot, uh, a much better relationship with delegates and county executives and and our Gaelic family than than people might think. You know, but it's important we have that healthy tension and we challenge and we we you know we listen to each other's opinions and 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 this is you know this is this is important. And the next two weeks, let's see more of this. How, how much of a kick in the arse? Like, or hopefully it will go through. 60% is a lot. Um, you know, it's borderline from what I hear, almost like that it will and then I hear it won't. Like, how much of a kick in the arse to the players' union, who with 90% of player reps and captains backing it, 80% of players, and for it to be voted down by delegates who are not cons- don't look to me to be concerned with the playing side. Like, where does that leave the GPA? Yeah, look, it would be, I, I know from a player's perspective, it would be disappointing. I know when we were talking about this with players, particularly in the focus groups, you might have four or five players in a focus group. There's like there's there's an excitement about this, you know, about a guaranteed number of games in the summer and you know and hitting the ground running and developing. And um, you know, so I, I think players individually would, would be would be just disappointed, you know. And you know, Willie as well, change can instill fear, you know. Um, like nobody wanted to touch the sacrament month of September for the split season. And I'm sure a lot of people will hold on. There's history behind that month. But we made the decision and we we changed it. And it's been so well received yeah. by clubs and counties. So like, like yeah, the, the people are right to show a little bit of fear. And that's why you need to do a deep dive and explore it and talk about it. And, and look, let's rule something out. And if we need to adapt it slightly and, we adapt it you know and and in business and in sport like the rate of change will never be as slow as it is today we're in a change and adapting world so change isn't a bad thing you know let's let's change let's try it let's learn relearn unlearn make adaptions but for this proposal being willie let me tell you this is a very strong foundation to allow for more change and adaption and, and making sure that we allow gaelic football to thrive yeah no, I couldn't agree more. We're on the same page there, Tom. So there's not much of a debate in this interview. There was a little bit in the previous one. Uh, maybe I don't have the, the strength for another one anyways. Tom, thanks very much for taking the yeah. time to talk to us. I might talk to you again uh, closer to the time. Yeah, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Great stuff from Tom there, right? That's all we have time for today. It's a long show today, so I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back on Monday and we'll review all the weekend's club action as usual. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do. No, we don't. A donkey eat and a donkey eat a palace. <laughs> he was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, built. But I burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs>